3: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the health begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, I'm lucky to have with me here someone that used to uh, grace our airways quite often, uh, but recently he has been away from service with us, uh, out there on his own, doing his own thing. It's Mr. Johnny Lama Ridgeway, for those of you that are new to the show and haven't don't remember John John is uh, someone I picked up uh, as a friend about mm, 12 years ago he was uh, very, very embedded into the apartment associations. Uh, he was president, past president of the Houston Apartment Association. He was a voting member uh, of the Texas Apartment Association regional group, and he was also a teacher for the National Apartment Association on the Lyceum program, which Lyceum is the leadership training program they had. So he's been in and out and through and up and down and around the Apartment Association uh, for many, many, many years. He had time spent not only in the Houston Department Association, but the Dallas Department Association also. And uh, not to mention, he was uh, vice president of one of, the, I believe, the second largest property management companies in the country at one time. And how did I meet him? Well, I met him at the Department Association, and I convinced him after about two years of beating on him that he needed to get out of working for the second largest property management company in the country and start his own and go into business with me buying apartment complexes and we did and uh we bought in right at the the very bottom of the market uh we got in right when the market crashed and we bought a bunch of stuff for very very low prices and hence uh our story together uh, over the next five or six years was just phenomenal uh it was just John I guess it was just the the luck of timing of fate or whatever it was but it It was something that we saw that was going to be there, and we decided to take action and jump on and get it done. And uh, we were quite lucky that we did. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, sir. Great to be with you.
3: Now, uh, for those that don't know this, but John has went on. He served as a, a mentor here at Lifestyles. For how many years, John, were you here?
4: I was there for five years.
3: Okay, And then he, then he turned in his chip and said, okay, I did my five years. I'm, I'm giving, turning my chip into somebody else. I gave my, I did my give back. And he did his give back and went on and uh, expanded his own personal business quite a bit. So at this time, John, just so people understand, you own a property management company of your own, and then you're owner in apartment complexes of which you manage through your property management company. Uh, tell us how many apartment complexes that is that you're into now.
4: So currently I own six properties, um, little over about 250 units, um, have picked up some smaller ones over the last couple of years as the market has uh, tightened up. And yeah, so I am a a property owner as well as the owner of a property management company that does provide management services.
3: Well, it puts you in a unique position because you have a management company and because you own properties and because you're intimate with the apartment associations to be able to come on today and, and clear up some of this stuff for people that are members and john we're doing this is simply a public service type announcement you and i both know that for the last uh, god i think three weeks four weeks something like that it's been a hundred emails a day of information going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and by the way guys don't don't call us and try to get on these email chains. First of all, you don't want to. <laughs> you try you baddie, right? And and second of all, we're not going to let you into the email chains because there's already too many people throwing ideas and things around to where it's getting just unbelievably impossible to deal with. But John, you've been a part of that for the last couple of weeks and uh, there's been some some issues that have come up that uh, really you took the lead on and, and decided there was something wrong with and started a movement or at least tried to start a movement to get the government, get the Apartment Association to push on the government to make some changes in some of these loans that were put out there for business people to try to work with. And uh, we got two different loans. We got the the emergency loan for you know lost uh, profits and, and business, and then we had the loan for PPP, which was the... Uh, Payroll protection plan and uh, people dealt with them differently now for the first time. I'm starting to see this week yesterday Was the first time I think I saw people actually getting money from either of these two loans the day before that we heard people saying That they're they were getting letters and that they would have been approved, but I actually had some people yesterday send emails saying they got money so let's pick it up from there, John. Where do you see these programs at now? And then we'll talk about the problem that some apartment owners ran into with these programs.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they, as you said, there are two different programs out there. The first one is the EIDL, um, the uh, Emergency Disaster Relief Fund. Um, I'm Frankly, I'm not aware of anybody that has received... MONEY ON THAT PROGRAM, EVEN THOUGH PARTS OF THAT WERE EMERGENCY LOANS WERE SUPPOSED TO BE AVAILABLE uh, WITHIN THREE DAYS OF FILING, UP TO $10,000. And uh, THERE WERE A LOT OF US THAT FILED IN LATE MARCH THAT STILL HAVE NOT SEEN ANY OF THAT MONEY. AND AS WE GET INTO SOME OF THE PROBLEMS WITH THESE PROGRAMS, I THINK I HAVE SOME IDEAS AS TO WHY SOME OF US IN OUR INDUSTRY have not seen those funds. The second program you talked about is the Paycheck Protection Program or the PPP loans. This has received a lot of uh, coverage in the national news in that it is a loan to businesses with 500 employees or fewer that the incentive is to keep your people working and keep them on the job and basically what what that program is is that they will loan a business of 500 employees or fewer money for eight weeks of payroll and the uh, and if you keep your your payroll dollars intact at the same level and your number of employees during this eight-week period then you can then that loan can be forgiven. And so, there really, it, it's a great incentive uh, for businesses and even particularly real estate businesses to keep people working rather than adding to the already burgeoning unemployment roles that are out there.
3: So as we go into this and um, we we all are thinking okay great these both sound great you're right the the first one the uh, the emergency loan um, we've not seen much come from that in fact it seems like they've kind of um, waffled their way away from it to be honest with me some of the stuff that's come out it was originally you get 10,000 immediately like the next day within three days you said and then you could get another loan in an amount of X and really never clearly defined what X was But the ten thousand then got whittled down to have something to do with payroll, and all of a sudden there was nothing about payroll when it first came out. But I saw an article the other day somebody sent me where they're saying now that you get up to one thousand per employee of that ten thousand. But yet, still nobody's seen it. You said you had some insight or at least a a gut feeling about that. Um, Let me see what time we got here. We got one minute left. Do you got a short answer to that? What you think happened to that loan? Why it just disappeared?
4: Right. Yeah, and you touched on it, Dell. It really got down to they, they then tied it back to number of employees. And so a lot of property entities that do not have employees filed for this loan. And so now that it's tied to the number of employees and payroll, which seems to duplicate the PPP loan, um, that left a lot of real estate entities out of that the other the other thing with that is that with the application is that you had to provide a number of your financial loss this came out late March and we and most of us in the real estate business with rent due on the first had no loss at the end of March we kind of knew it was coming potentially but we didn't have an exact number
3: well, that's a good point. That's you know I've never even thought about that one. But you're right. That's how do you guess that? Because everybody just made up numbers and threw them in there. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back with Johnny Lama and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
2: Have you been wondering what happens at our free workshop? It's simple. We teach the seven principles we use to run our families and businesses. We review case studies for both single family and multifamily properties so you can see how the numbers really work. We reveal the five reasons you should invest in real estate and we show you how every dollar you invest in a piece of real estate makes you money five ways. It's time to get this life-changing information. Register today at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Stop making excuses. Go to LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com.
1: get total freedom in your life safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working until you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Over 28 years ago, Dell Walmsley founded Lifestyles Unlimited. Dell has taught over 100,000 people just like me and you the principles of financial freedom through his national radio shows and personal one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that has changed so many lives. This workshop takes you inside what we do and what we believe. We'll share with you the five ways we make money in real estate and much more. Just like your personal trainer, the Lifestyles Unlimited team will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to dellontheradio.com. That's dellontheradio.com to register for the workshop that will change your life. That's dellontheradio.com.
3: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
1: Talk thirteen seven, the right choice.
0: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
3: At the Del Wamsley Radio Show with me here today is Johnny Lama Ridgeway. And uh, he's been on the show many, many times, but today I've asked him to come back and uh, share with us his insight into some of these problems that some investors are having as far as trying to participate in these government, um, they're not called bailouts, but they're, you know, stimulus packages, I guess is what you'd call them, to where they're giving loans out to people to try to get their businesses to survive and keep people employed during this uh, difficult times. And, John... I want to get into this now and this is a very difficult thing to get into because it could go four different ways at the same time. And I'm gonna try, but I'm gonna see if we get there. (laughs) The first thing I want to talk about here is that people are not being able to participate in these programs because they're payroll or paycheck protection programs. As we said before we went to break, the first one wasn't supposed to be, but they turned it into that. So here's the deal. If I own a piece of real estate, I'm a sole owner. I'm an independent owner by myself. I don't want to pay myself. I want to just own that and do what the IRS says I can do. It's all the income that is earned is considered passive income. The beauty of passive income is I pay no Social Security and no Medicare on that income. I don't want to pay that. I don't want to pay payroll taxes on it. And if I have the, bought the property right and have the depreciation lined up correctly, I pay no income tax on the income. That's the whole idea. But now, when they have the stimulus package, which is to protect employees, there are no employees. Now, let's take it one step further. Let's say I own an apartment complex that has employees. Most people don't want to have the liability of a payroll, the liability of people associated with their asset of this giant apartment complex, which is a very valuable asset. So what do they do? They set up a management company, either a third-party management company, and they hire somebody like you to operate their property, or like me. I set up a management company, which I have, and uh, my wife operates our property, And I operate our property through our management company. The employees all work for the management company. So, again, the apartment itself still has no employees. Boom. Herein lies the problem. What we found was is that the people that don't own their own management companies had to go back to a management company and expect them to go get this loan and then pass the money through. But, John, I'm going to just ask you, as, as the owner of a management company, now I wouldn't do it but because uh, I only manage my own stuff, but as the owner of a management company, you think about this. What if you did that, you went and got the loan, and you signed for the debt, and then the guy who owns the property under you acts like a knucklehead and lets the thing go under? Now you've got the debt, and he can't pay you back. Do you take that risk as a management company, John? Is it, are they doing it out there? Are they taking that risk?
4: They are, and actually I have as well. Uh, I do manage uh, for uh, two other owners and have made the decision to uh, go on and uh, get the loan, because the loan has to be through the management company. The properties themselves do not qualify to get this payroll protection loan, um, because all of the employees that work on these various sites are all employees of the management company. The IRS Form 940 and 941, which is a quarterly and an annual report uh, to the IRS on payroll taxes, really dictates who is which companies are eligible to receive this payroll protection uh, program and loan proceeds. So the way I have set it up uh, is I, my company applied for the loan for the, based on the um, payroll dollars and number of employees for the entire company, which includes properties that I own, properties that somebody else owns, as well as uh, about three or four uh, corporate employees that I have that I actually pay out of the management agreement. So what I've done is a, a, I have set up an agreement Um, with between my properties and me, as well as the uh, owner of the other properties that basically says you are still obligated to pay the payroll. With that said, I'm going to pay the employees out of the loan proceeds as much to the degree that I feel um, comfortable in doing that, that 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 loan can be forgiven, and we have a an agreement in place that basically says, "Hey, if I want, you know, if I have to pay interest on the loan, or it turns out that somebody is not eligible, you know, or parts of the loan are not eligible for the forgiveness, then the you either owe it to me, or you won't get, you know, that money back." We're looking at a at a process where kind of a Pay the payroll as we go, uh, where we can measure not only the payroll dollars but the number of, of employees. And again, pay as much out of that as is reasonable out of the uh, out of that loan proceeds. With the understanding, with the properties, that if for some reason you know the loan doesn't get forgiven at the end, there are expenses associated with it. That's going to be prorated out back amongst the properties who are ultimately responsible for making the payroll payments.
3: So during the period that you're doing this John I'm just trying to wrap my arms around this why I wanted you on here is that will you be siphoning and maybe a bad word for it but still <laughs> normally you would take the payroll out of the amount of money in the operating account of each apartment complex. So when you manage my properties I had, you had so many people that were in my properties and you were doing payroll for them and you would come to my account, you had control of my account and you suck the money out of my account for those employees. Are you going to be continuing to suck the money out of the account for the employees during this eight week period of time that you've been
4: given money? Partially. And, and the reason is, is that, is that some things in payroll, you know, some of the payroll costs are not covered by this loan and are not forgivable and are not reimbursable. Uh, first one is federal taxes. Taxes still have to be paid. So we will still withdraw each pay period the payroll taxes from each property's bank account. There um, in any other expenses that are associated with it um, we would also draw out as we go as we go along on each payroll. So I, I think it's going to be a little bit of um, it's going to be a mixture. There will still be money withdrawn from each property's operating account, but it'll be significantly less than what they would normally pay on a per payroll basis.
3: Okay Now the payroll taxes I read somewhere, that one of the support systems the federal government's doing is allowing that to be paid out over a two year period of time for this next eight weeks. We got to go to break, John. Think about that one. Come back. We'll get that one answered. We'll be right back with Johnny Lahman and, and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Mm-hmm.
5: Austin's talk 1370.
0: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America. One person at a time. Del Wandsley.
3: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley radio show with me here today is Johnny Lama Ridgeway, um, property owner, property management, company owner and mentor, uh, apartment association, uh, executive ex-executive and, uh, all round good guy, and with us here today, he's been discussing what management companies are doing in this situation. Now, John, before we go back to my last question before the break, which was what about the payroll taxes, um, I just was thinking as I was sitting here at break going, what do you hear out there in the marketplace? What are most management companies doing? Because it, it seems very interesting to me that they would be willing to take this risk of taking on and signing for all this debt, and hoping, and then we'll get into the hoping part that it's going to be forgiven. What do you see happening out there?
4: Well, I think so. The several owners that, or several property management company owners that I have spoken with that are willing to take that chance, uh, based on their relationship with their clients. Have similar arrangements as I do, and so the you know the risk is minimized. Um, you know, thought out. You know, we you know what can go wrong, and let's have an agreement in place. So in case that does happen, um, a lot of the bigger property management companies have more than five hundred employees, so they don't qualify to begin with, and so you're seeing a whole group of property owners who. Are just unable to take advantage of this program because their their property management company has more than 500 employees and does not uh, does not qualify. We have seen um, some smaller owners that are you know that are managed by a large company have made the effort to apply, and their property management company has cooperated by providing them. At least a portion of their irs forms 940 and 941 to show that these employees actually are at the end of the day paid for by by the by the properties there's a whole other set of obstacles that those people have to overcome though.
3: now this if i remember right this is the activist part of what you were doing and the apartment associates were trying to put pressure on government officials to see that these people are just out of luck they got no help at all
4: right so so part of the lobbying in, in the for the next round of the of, of stimulus um, there has been an extensive lobbying effort um, to bring to make it more friendly um, or you know, friendly to the real estate business one of the things though is that in the last stimulus package the EIDL loan and the PPP loan do not exclude real estate entities. Now, with that said, the SBA, the Small Business Administration has a, uh, you know, has a history of excluding the passive businesses, which real estate, uh, the properties themselves are, are considered. And the SBA put those limitations into the EIDL in the PPP loan that, that, the, that the bill itself doesn't say is there and it doesn't limit that. So that's one of the lobbying efforts that the National Apartment Association, National Multi-Housing Council, and the Institute of Real Estate Management are all working together to get these benefits out to a wider range of people and specifically to others in our industry.
3: So the, the, the basic concept is we're trying to keep people employed. Okay. So that's the basic concept. And we're not trying to take profits and boost profits for people. So a passive investment is simply a profit entity. We make money at that level. It's considered passive. So it's not earned income. It's not taxed as earned income. And so their their concept is, hey, this is losing money on an apartment complex. is like losing money in the stock market. Uh, it's not a payroll offense. It's, there's no claim that we're helping anybody by bolstering the stock market or by bolstering the apartment, which is the passive part of the deal. So I understand all that. What people don't understand, John, is that they don't have employees. And yet they think they're, that those are the, their employees. They really do believe that the employees working at the apartment belong to them, that they take care of them, that they care about them, that they nurture them, that they grow them, uh, they promote them, and all this stuff in their mind. But in reality, they don't have any employees. They, they can't get sued as an employer because they're not an employer, right? Correct. There lies the yeah, rub. No, you,
4: it, yeah, it, it does. It, it does, and it's a... Um, you know, and the, you know, I think what the associations are trying to do are people that, you know, for example, own an apartment community and have their employees, you know, it's it, an IRO, for example, you know, it's just them. They have their company. They're, they own their 100-unit property. They have, you know, two employees that work for the same entity, the same Entity that owns the real estate. Now, they as the owner are not eligible, but they're two employees. They would normally be eligible for the PPP loan. The SBA has specifically excluded them because the business is considered a passive business, and that and they've excluded them from being able to participate in this type of loan. Yeah.
3: The last step, John, I guess the, the one that is hard for people to understand, if your entire life you were an employee, you have no idea about what being an owner is. And you, when you came out of corporate America and you started your management company, were you considered an employee of your management company?
4: I was initially, and just from the standpoint that I, that I paid myself, and the first year that I did taxes, my CPA slapped me on the wrist and said exactly what you've been saying. Why are you paying yourself? You're not an employee, you are a business owner. You know, I do, you know, just like with any business owner on my net income, I do pay social security, um, you know, from the management company you know, on, on that piece of my income. Um, as both sides of both sides of that. But it was but I had that mentality of, oh, I am an employee of the company. And and somehow there was, you know, job security in that. And my CPA working with you, you know, just got it, you know, got me to the point of understanding the difference between a business owner, an entrepreneur, the one who's taking the risk and, the you know and
3: being an employee so we got that level there where people are making that mistake there's one last level that I want to bring up and that is 1099 employees I own real estate companies and I think I own four or five of them I'm sure how many specific ones I think we have and we have real estate agents but agents are 1099 and they're not They're contract labor. They're not employees. And yet they said you could claim them on your payroll uh, request for money. I declined to do that. And I said, because can you see me sitting in front of a a judge somewhere and going, Your Honor, these are not my employees. They cannot sue me for unemployment. They cannot sue me for work-related injuries. They cannot sue me... um, for any number of employee grievances, because they're not employees, and then the guy go, yeah, but Mr. Wamsley, you see you claim them on your your request for payroll from the federal government, and they gave you $100,000 for all their pay because they were your employees. Now, why would you say they're your employees when you wanted money and say no when they're suing you? Do you see my dilemma there, John?
4: Oh, I, I absolutely do see your dilemma, and and as this has evolved, the the parameters of the loans actually did include 1099, you know, employees, which really aren't employees because they're 1099. And that, in kind of the evolution to this in the program or the program interpretation is, is that if someone is a is a 1099 worker. Even though they do business for you and you pay them, being a 1099 worker means that they're self-employed. And so they had, you know, that then the individual 1099 workers could file their own. And so there was a discouragement to, uh, to, to include 1099s on there.
3: And I realized that uh, they were supposed to do that, and I really don't know how many of them have. I'll have to check into that. John, thanks for being on the show with us today. I appreciate your insight. It's something I couldn't have got from too many other people. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks for having me. For the rest of you, we'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
2: What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow, for the next couple of days, for a week, what about a month, a year? How soon before you'd lose everything you've worked so hard for in a fraction of the time it took you to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. You can start with the workshop. Go to LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com and find your true financial peace. Like so many of our members already have, go to LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com.
1: Austin's Talk 1370.
0: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
3: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. As we come back, I want to thank you and John Ridgway for coming on and answering all those questions with the unique insight that he has of wearing so many different hats. With us now is Mr. Lee Reeves. Uh, Lee is one of our two-day presenters uh, which is a mentor that teaches the base level introductory two day class, and he's been doing it for quite some time now. And I want to welcome him to the show, Lee. Welcome, welcome in. Thanks,
5: Del. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate
3: that. <laughs> so I don't know if you're going to how you're going to take this or not, but I, I have to, I have to hit you with this one, Lee. I can't help myself. Yep. Uh, you used to live in New York. I told you, leave, young man, leave, come come to Texas with the rest of the world. <laughs> hey, what do you think about that now? Are you happy to be out of there? Uh,
5: you know, I'll tell you, we're in Tennessee now. Uh, we're closer to family. Uh, we really took to heart what we learned uh, in the seven years we were in Houston. Uh, and uh, Lifestyles, as it has grown, has uh, kind of uh, adopted a motto of live where you want invest where you want and uh, we took that to heart we, we love where we're at um, you know I will say we're you know everything kind of started to shut down about a month ago but we got the kids at home so by my count we're on day 98 of this, of this self quarantine but uh, it's a lovely place to be for sure
3: absolutely and that is true live where you want what a beautiful thought and invest where you need to or wish to is a concept that we came up with about three years ago when we started being a national firm instead of just a Texas firm. Um, you now have taken on a task that um, our people wanted to experiment with, uh, and I'm going to talk to you about it because I was against it. So I'm not against you, and I'm not against you doing it. Don't get me wrong, but I've always yeah, yeah. felt that that when you give the two-day class, there was something that was... Um, was inherently necessary about spending two full days with people uh, almost in a confinement, almost <laughs> sequestered right. together, right? And and to be able to transfer this massive amount of feeling about a change of life. And you have, because I've asked you to, taken on the task of trying to break that two-day seminar up into four different segments and teaching it, I guess, two two different days a week, two weeks in a row. And yep. um, I don't know how far along you are into this so far. So uh, why don't you pick it up and tell us what you've done so far and what you're seeing.
5: Abs- yeah, absolutely. So like you said, we took the two-day and we split it into four different parts in the evening because uh, we know that uh, people put their kids to bed and they have a chunk of time at, at, in the evening that may suit them better. Um, look, Lifestyles has gone online. We've been online for a long time, but we've gotten really good. In the last several weeks, at the webinar format, because life and real estate investing go on. Uh, last night, we completed part three of our four-part series. Uh, we do this on Tuesdays and Thursdays for two weeks, um, uh, six thirty. Uh, sorry, seven thirty central to to ten thirty central. And uh, I will say, I've learned a lot about how to uh, uh, present the material in a slightly different way. I think it's going very well. We've had. Uh, a lot of people join us for those. Uh, we are interacting in different ways, uh, but I think effective ways. And uh, the fourth uh, part of that is actually tomorrow night. And I, I want to get this out before before I forget. If you want to join any of the two days, including uh, my fourth part tomorrow, you can call member services at 866-945-6565. And I know you give that number out a lot, Dale. Uh, they can also go to GiveMeTotalFreedom.com, and the promo code is del D-E-L. And you can join me for my fourth part and catch up on the first three parts. We've also got a uh, standard issue uh, today with David Fisher. He's giving that via live stream this coming weekend. And uh, and then we're doing the four-part two-day again uh, at the end of the month. So wanted to mention that for anybody because uh, now is the perfect time to learn. It really, really is. You can start to build your team. You can uh, learn what you need to know so that when we open back up, uh, we are ready. You know, you're absolutely right about that.
3: I've been telling people that for the last three weeks now. This is the time, both because you've got all the free time, but also because when this thing all shakes out, this virus thing, uh, there's going to be some dead Dead meat and you know blood in the street—they call it, however they call it. Uh, so there's going to be some people to get whacked, and some of those deals are going to be out there for us, for the pickings, So that's good. I want to ask you, as a presenter, how do you do the presentation and keep your enthusiasm up when there's no one giving you immediate feedback? Because I haven't done uh, it yet. It, I haven't done it. Yeah, it, what it's like. It's,
5: it's, it's, it is, it's a challenge. It's a challenge at first, um, but you find different ways to interact. We've got a great team behind us, and so uh, I bring some of them on uh, screen, so they're on their webcams as well. And we have an interaction before and after uh, each segment so that we can chat with members across the country, uh, answer questions before we actually get to the meat of the presentation, and then th- we take questions along the way, of course. But then at the end, we open it back up. And I think that format has really uh, been good because we can start to see uh, the personalities of people and they can interact with us in a different way too. It's an adaptation. There's no doubt about that, Uh, but we are making it work. And and I've actually gotten some good uh, reviews of of the format that we're doing. And, And I think people learn in different ways, of course. And I think for some people, this is a better format. I, I love the in-person events, but if we can't do that, uh, I think this is a pretty good substitute.
3: You know, I agree with you. People learn in different ways, and I bet you there are some people that actually prefer this over the other way, simply for one about three or four reasons. One, they don't have to go anywhere they can do it at home two it's you know a different time of day and night it's easier for somebody's schedule than to give up a whole weekend Mm -hmm. right uh three it it isn't so close you know some people just they're more analytical they're not more emotional there's going to be some people that are not going to enjoy it as much but there's going to be some people actually going to enjoy it more so keep up the good work lee i really appreciate Appreciate you you know pioneering this and i will guarantee you that when this is all over this won't be something that we'll have just done because of the COVID virus. And I think you're going to be the one out there blazing that trail, and the rest of the people are going to have to follow you. We're all going to do it. So for the rest of you out there, thank you, Lee, for coming on. For the rest of you out there, remember this. We're not doing this for some money. We're doing it for a lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow.